You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that smells like moldy cheese and death. And national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like the main character. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Uh, There's plenty to talk about from the college football weekend, guys. We'll talk about um, Alabama blanking LSU, and I want to get your thoughts on, you know, it seems like Alabama is clearly the best team in the country. Um, but first, let's talk coaching changes, Mike. There's there's a few um, positions out there that are available or we know will become available, so I'll let you start with, uh, with that. Yeah, the way the Maryland situation was handled, it was a little ridiculous. Um, again, I think it's an example of negative media attention and social media essentially leading them to make a decision. They had made their own decision, and then the outrage came, and they decided to fire DJ Jerkin. Now, I think he should be fired. Don't get me wrong, but I hate the fact that, you know, Greg Schiano was hired at Tennessee and then they backed off that because of social media outlash out and all this other stuff. So Maryland has become a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a joke with this whole situation here. So they need a coach that, I don't know, that, that can right the ship, that can take everybody's focus off the DJ Jerkin era. I think that guy is Mike Loxley. Um... You know, he wasn't very successful in New Mexico, um, but he's a terrific recruiter. He knows the area. Uh, he's currently doing a really good job, obviously, at Alabama as their offensive coordinator. But other candidates include Matt Canada, who is their interim coach, who's done a good job. I'm going to let you pronounce the Navy head coach's name. Ken Niamatololo. 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 That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's mentioned because he's a local, obviously, Navy being near Maryland. Greg Schiano mentioned for every job. I'm not sure if he'll ever get hired. Imagine if Maryland decides to keep DJ Durkin and then fire him because of social media outlash and then hire Greg Schiano Greg and then Schiano. fire him because of social media <laughs> Matt Rule, who I think is a good fit, too. I don't think he's a great fit at Baylor, but they just won a game this past weekend. They're going to be bowl eligible, which is amazing if they win one more game. And then uh, Jason Candle, the Toledo head coach. So what are your thoughts on how things went down on, on the Maryland side of things? Yeah, I thought it was a complete disgrace that he was kept on. Um, the board of, it, it sounded like, and I've, obviously I'm on the outside here, but that the president of the university wanted him fired. The board of regents wanted him retained for some reason. It's not exactly like D.J. Durkin is Urban Meyer or Nick Saban here. Uh, he did not have a very good football team. It didn't look like they were getting a whole lot better. Um, and what he was pulling there was completely outrageous, uh, completely wrong, and anybody with any sense would have had him fired immediately. I don't care if his strength and conditioning coordinator was pulling those stunts. It, you know, The buck stops with DJ Durkin, and not only the Jordan McNair stuff, um, throwing candy bars at players, showing uh, serial killer movies at breakfast. I mean, this is the stuff out of a crazy novel. I mean, I, you know, everybody saw the program and it wasn't that bad. So 
Uh, DJ Durkin should be gone. Rid him, rid him from that program and maybe the sport. Um, what he was pulling was completely obnoxious. The way they handled it was was even worse, though. Um, I thought they should have fired him, but I, I'm not entirely sure it was social media outrage as much as the governor of Maryland came out and said, well, that, this "Yeah, is, that certainly helped." <laughs> this is this needs to be revisited. And now the the Brady guy who was on the board of regents is off the board of regents. So it was a it was completely handled poorly. Like every coaching search is handled and dismissal is pretty much handled very unprofessionally and poorly the entire way. These people are put in these job positions to do one thing, and they can't do it when they need to. Uh, everybody's hiring a search firm, even though it's like this small niche of community of coaches that you know can be available. It's, it's amazing that athletic directors don't know who the good coaches are out there to go after them and why you have to hire, uh, spend millions of dollars on a search firm to do it. And um, In terms of who should get the job, it's interesting. I think Matt Canada should be very highly considered. Although some people think he that would keep kind of the Durkin coaching tree around, I'm not entirely sure. I believe that. Um, I thought he's I thought he's done an actually a pretty decent job there this season. He's an offensive mind. I think that's what you need. The Navy coach I don't buy that offense. If he's going to run that offense in the Big Ten, um, Georgia Tech has had what mar what would you say marginal success trying it in the ACC? Marginal. Yeah. Yeah. Loxley was a disaster as a head coach, but who wouldn't be a disaster as a head coach in New Mexico? But he was one and eleven, one and eleven, zero and four, and got fired. Two and twenty six. And he got so, in a, he got in a fight with one of his coaches too. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I'm not entirely sure there. Greg Schiano, that would be funny. I think the guy that should lead the list is Matt Rule. What he's just taking the Baylor job is courageous enough in that situation. Um, he's a Northeast guy, so leaving the Northeast to fix that program after what was going on there with their scandals and to turn that program around so quickly. He was great at Temple. He, I, I wouldn't say that they're a Big 12 contender yet, um, but they play teams tough. Um, and so I think he should lead the way for that job, get him back into the Northeast. He'll be able to recruit. He's got a lot of connections there into the Philly area and everywhere else where he recruited at Temple. So I think Loxley would be kind of a risk, and it could turn out to be a complete and utter disaster. Uh, I think Matt Rule is the safe pick here. Yeah, and I think people want Loxley because of the recruiting aspect of things because he's a great recruiter and he knows the area so well. But I'm not sure if Maryland can recruit elite student-athletes to go there after everything that you mentioned. And, and what you mentioned was just scratching the surface of what happened at that program. I mean, who's going to send their kid to Maryland? Yeah, I know. And that's the thing too. And a lot of that, a lot of the stories when they decided to keep Dirk and I was reading that a lot of the, you know, high profile guys who are either high school coaches or seven on seven coaches in Maryland and especially Baltimore, where there's a ton of talent said, I'm never going to send my kid to play for Dirk and for what was going on. And it was just completely ridiculous. I mean, the, the first practice Dirk and was back, there was a, there was allegedly a fight where one of the guys who was seen as kind of a narc got held down and punched in the face. So, uh, you know, this is not exactly a place where, uh, you know, if I'm sending my kid there, uh, I'm going to feel so great about it. So I think you need a, I think you need Matt Rule there. He went to Baylor and in two years uh, has made that program look respectable and kind of back on a decent path uh, to be competitive in the Big 12. Uh I just keep coming back to his name um, when, when I'm looking at these candidates. It's not inc an incredibly attractive job because Alabama's coming into Maryland for players. Ohio State and Penn State go in there 
and get players. So it's a very it's a challenging job. It's kind of a middling to lower uh, Big Ten East job, but uh, you know Matt Rule can make them competitive in that in that conference. I'm surprised Mike Leach wasn't on that list because I know he interviewed for the job <laughs> earlier and had a tremendous interview, as we all know. Um, of course, people don't know that story, but uh, he's a hot coach right now. I'm telling you, someone could hire Mike Leach away. I just don't know if it's going to be Maryland at this stage. But uh, interesting list there. I don't know why Greg Schiano keeps popping up on lists. I know he did a good job at Rutgers. Rutgers needs to hire him back. That's where he would be successful. Yeah, pull the Randy Edsel there, yeah. By successful, I mean probably as successful as Randy Edsel's being at, at UConn right now in the <laughs> second stint. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't know why he's such a hot commodity. That 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 Ohio State defense looks horrible. We'll get to that in a second. But um, let's talk Kansas. Kansas makes their decision. He had a good year this year, too, for Kansas standards. You know, he got the Hugh Jackson treatment. He finally starts turning it around a little bit, and they get rid of him. I... It's weird to me, you know, some of the timing of this stuff. I know they, I know they struggled against Iowa State, but what do you expect? I mean, what one? Have they won four games this year? They are three, I believe, three and six. All right, three they might six. as well be ten and two. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's at Kansas, so hot board there. Less miles name comes up now what happened to brent venables wasn't brent venables supposed to be like the next coach at uh, kansas state kansas state kansas state that's right i'm getting confused with my kansases so greg Ciano is listed jim McElwain is listed who's a wide receiver coach at michigan right now dan enos who's a quarterback coach at alabama brett bielema would be interesting um Mike McIntyre, I don't see why he would leave Colorado to go to Kansas. No, I don't. That's I don't a, see that's why a, Dave Doran would ever leave NC State to go to Kansas. He's on the list no, too. Butch no, Jones, good. who's begging for the Maryland job, would probably beg for the Kansas job as well. But this is kind of a job you take knowing you're going to get fired in three to four years because there's just no way to turn that program around. I would guess. Yeah, it, it's definitely a challenging job. Um, I would absolutely stay away from Jim McElwain. I mean, the stories coming out about how he was running that Florida program, and and I'm saying running it completely into the ground, is so strange. Players were hiring personal strength coaches because they couldn't get any work in in their own facility. Um, It was just very strange what was going on. It's almost like he, he performed well at Colorado State and came to Florida and was like, you know, I don't need to do anything to compete in the SEC, and I just would not go to him. Um, Greg Schiano's on the list, which makes me laugh. He's on every list. It would be interesting to see Les Miles take that job, although I'm not entirely sure the ground-and-pound game at Kansas is going to win you a lot of games in the Big 12, um, and if they can recruit players to do what he did at LSU. Uh, that, would, that would be interesting. Um, Dan Enos was... Uh, had some success in the MAC, but you know that that you could take a shot there. Brett Bielema, I just don't see Brett Bielema taking the Kansas job. I mean, uh, he seems very happy uh, just being kind of a an analyst in the NFL, a consultant, whatever the the word would be. So, oh, geez, would would Butch Jones really jump at the Kansas job? I mean, well, he has no choice. I mean, he's yeah. You want to talk about a guy who has no leverage whatsoever, right? Right. And so everyone, whoever, whoever's going to take this job, and this is kind of what you have to wrap your head around, is if you can make this team go from, 
you know, 0 and 12 or 1 and 11 to 3 and 9 to maybe a 4 and 8 and then jump ship after two or three years for a better job. That's pretty much what this job is going to be. I don't see anyone staying long term at Kansas and making it a Big 12 power because um, the teams at the top are getting better, certainly not worse. So there's your coaching roundup. We had two <laughs> coaching jobs come open in the past week. Nothing like last year, and it's not going to be like last year with the coaching carousel, but uh, two jobs are open at least, so we'll see who ends up filling those jobs. Not They le- most likely won't be big names, uh, but whoever it is, hopefully they won't get blasted by the governor. Do you, do you, do you believe whoever. the governor of Maryland? Do you believe any, uh, any of the rumors that Urban has done after this season? I don't know. He doesn't look the same on the sidelines. Nope. I don't think he's done, but I don't think he's long for coaching. Yeah. You know, if he's having medical issues again, and but the biggest thing with Urban, if he's not winning, you know, like if he loses this year to to Harbaugh, yeah, and he doesn't win his own division, that could send him going because we know Urban's a little bit off kilter when it yeah, comes to a... losing games. It go, goes to the extremes too fast, and he starts uh, going downhill pretty quickly. Yeah, and this has been, you know, it's been a rough stretch. I mean, they, they lost Purdue. They barely beat Nebraska. I think Maryland, uh, Michigan's going to hammer them. That's just my thought. The way the two teams are playing right now, I just don't think Ohio State's defense is going to be able to handle the balance, and, and Michigan's defense will be able to handle Dwayne Haskins and Ohio State. So, I don't know. I I. There's, the rumors will hurt recruiting for sure. Um, yeah. He'll still recruit at a high level. He's still the best recruiter I've ever seen at any level as a head coach, um, including Nick Saban. Yeah. But you know, when you have rumors like that, everybody's going to jump on him, and and they're going to try to use that as negative recruiting against Ohio State. So it will hurt them a little bit. I can't see him giving up. You know, I mean, he's been so successful at Ohio State. The team is perennially a playoff contender. I don't think he's going to just leave. Um, yeah. If things got really bad, you know, we'll see. That Michigan game is a big one for for Urban, I think. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, let's talk LSU Alabama. That was a shellacking. Yep. Um, <laughs> as much as LSU is talented on defense. They couldn't get anything going on offense. The Alabama defense flexed their muscles. Um, the game itself was not very exciting. And they didn't play a great game. And they still won in a shutout. Um, I think LSU has been shut out four times uh, at Death Valley over the last 25 years. And all four have come by Alabama. By Alabama. and So they own them. Yeah, and, and I tweeted out this weekend, I said, would any team in the country, uh, would any team in the country, even in the national championship game, be under a 21-point uh, underdog to Alabama? And I don't know if they would. I'm, maybe Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Clemson probably would be. Probably. But but w- which side of that would you take? Who has Clemson beaten? Clemson's a very good team, but you're taking... Uh, you know, you're taking a freshman quarterback into Nick Saban's defense that has been given a week, to more than you know, a week to well, prepare for him. I, yeah, I don't know. It would be a month, right? 
uh, well, you know, you'd play the college football playoff game, and then a week later, you yeah, you would play the the national championship. But yes, you would have basically a month to prepare. No, but I mean, if they if they played in the semifinals. Oh yeah, yeah, he'd have. Because right now they're one have, and two, so a lot of people think they're going to play. They won't play. No, you're right. You're right. If they play the semifinals, then they would play in the finals, and then have a week. But they'd obviously be preparing for them for more than a month. So yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I think Michigan would be under twenty one points as well. The way they're playing, those are the yeah. only two teams I could see giving Alabama a, a contest, um, based on Michigan's defense and Clemson has a really good defense and a very explosive offense. I think Clemson's probably the most well-rounded team to to battle Alabama, but I don't see yeah. them winning. And Michigan's defense, you got to hope that they keep you in the game, you know, into the fourth quarter. But I think both would be under three touchdowns. What What's amazing to see is just. Um... The, you know, and, and I will say this too, and I, I think Alabama is by far the best team in the country. But really, I mean, LSU was kind of a papered number three, number four in the country, wouldn't you say? I mean, Joe Burrow is not exactly an explosive quarterback who can throw the ball. Um, you know, I think Alabama had their way a little bit running, running the ball against them. But, uh, you know, Alabama's def- the, the defense is, is, remains phenomenal one of the best in the country if not the best in the country i thought up the middle they just completely dominated um but this offense can score and move the ball and two is so good and they have three running backs who are phenomenal and jerry judy's an explosive guy and henry ruggs was Devontae smith i mean they just have they throw to their tight they have two tight ends they can throw to i mean it's just it's an it's a defense that continues to shut people out like alabama always has um, but now an offense that can move the ball and score. And so I think once it got to in the into the 20s to nothing, uh, Alabama sort of said, you know, they're not going to be able to score. Let's run a little clock here and not get nuts. Yeah, so that was kind of a disappointing game. I mean, it had a yeah. good atmosphere. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, for a little while there, LSU hung in. But that was a bit disappointing. The Penn State-Michigan game was <laughs> extremely disappointing to me. Yeah, what happened that was, to your team? That, that was <laughs> that was ugly. Um, it was sort of setting up to be that way. Juwan Johnson didn't make the trip. He's their best wide receiver. Trace McSorley has a knee injury. Um, can't really move around in the pocket like he has been doing. And Michigan came for revenge after last year. And you know, James Franklin, to all of his credit, I'm going to say this. Uh, you know, when he plays ranked opponents, he loses. Uh, that, that, that's all well, it comes now, down now to. Now the target's on him. Yeah. You look at his numbers. It was Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh's now beating ranked teams. Now everybody's looking at, at James Franklin and saying, wow, you know what? you got the same issue. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely has the same issue. And, you know, the, the, he got a lot of criticism for keeping, you know, the game was out of hand into the fourth quarter. McSorley has a bum knee. McSorley's in the game in the fourth quarter. No, no one understands why. That was the play call. Um, yeah, but he's the greatest player in college football. He's and and the you know elite teams don't go to Michigan and lose forty two to seven. No, they don't. Um, you know, so great teams is, do apparently. <laughs> great teams do. So you know the offensive line got manhandled by Michigan's front. Um, you know, and 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 allowing forty two points. This is this is a better Michigan offense, um, but they're certainly not an explosive Michigan team that should run up and down against Penn State and throw it all over. And Jay Patterson looks like the Heisman Trophy winner. So it was a very disappointing performance all around. 
I don't even know if McSorley should have played it. He just didn't look like himself. Um, and then especially into the fourth quarter, he shouldn't have been playing. So um, so very, very disappointing performance. And, and it's weird. He, he does have a little heat on him. I you know Obviously, he's going to be back next year and probably the year after that. He won the Fiesta Bowl last year and, and almost won the Rose Bowl two years ago. So, um, but you know these games where against ranked opponents, especially on the road, he, he, you know it's almost a guaranteed loss for Penn State. Did you just put James Franklin on the hot seat? I did not put him on the hot seat. I put him on the very mildly warm seat with mm. frustration from a fan base. Six and three, not horrible. Not great though. Not not what was expected from uh, from this football team. Yeah. Well, they're gonna finish as I predicted. I think I predicted this. <laughs> when I did you it, predict this? I predicted that they'd finish. No, no, that was Michigan. I predicted. <laughs> I predicted Michigan <laughs> would finish fourth in the Big Ten. It looks like Penn State's gonna finish fourth in the Big Ten in the Big yeah. Ten East. Big Ten East, yeah. Yeah, so I was way off on Michigan. I'm on the Michigan bandwagon, by the way. I wrote about it in my three-point stance today that I am all about this revenge tour. I think it's hilarious. It's awesome. They are just kicking butt. They, they took care of Wisconsin. They took care of Michigan State. Now they dominated Penn State, and I think they're going to finish this revenge tour with Ohio State, which makes that Notre Dame victory over Michigan that much more impressive. Now, impressive. Man. do you chalk that up? To the fact that Shea Patterson was a new quarterback, the offense was getting their feet wet. Um, they just weren't ready. Would Would Michigan destroy Notre Dame right now? No, I don't think so because I think Ian Book is a pretty damn good quarterback, and I say that as of ranking him as a three star in high school, which depresses me fully. But uh, don't be depressed. Uh, I, I'm depressed. Um, don't don't. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting Notre Dame team because. How do I say this? They beat Michigan, which was very impressive. They hardly beat Ball State. They hardly beat Vanderbilt. Uh, and then once Book got in the game, they've looked phenomenal, uh, except for this weekend. I thought that they played down to the Northwestern competition. I think Northwestern's a tricky team to play because they're incredibly fundamentally sound. But I was watching that game, and it was like almost played in slow motion. Uh, both teams just uh, did not look very fast or athletic. Um, you know, this was a three-point game with a couple minutes left until Ian Book had a quarterback sneak to, to make it a 10-point victory. Uh, but Northwestern, uh, you know, clawed back there in the fourth quarter. That's not the sign of a championship team to, to allow a lesser opponent back into a game like that. Notre Dame was up two touchdowns, and then Northwestern scored twice late. Um, you know, they've had a lot of close games. I don't think they're going to have a close game, possibly USC at the end of the season. Uh, Syracuse, watch out for Syracuse. I know, Syracuse is a tricky team, but at Seven Notre Dame. Seven and two, man, great offense. Yeah, great, great offense. offense, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Syracuse, you know, and Florida State I think could be tricky. I don't know why uh, Florida State is just a miserable football team. They're they're not very good anywhere. They were an embarrassment at NC State. Um, they're not making a bowl for the first time in what? 30-something years? I thought Willie Taggart was the man to turn that program around. I don't know. People... <laughs> oh, boy. I, I heard that one recruit, I'm not going to name the recruit's name, dropped Florida State, and he took an official visit there, dropped Florida State uh, already because he doesn't think Willie Taggart's going to last three years. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, this, the way that their person... This person is from your neck of the woods, too, so this is, this is a scoop you should know. 
Well, tell me the name off, I'm not off give the you air. The name. I'll give you the name off the air. I think I think I might know the name. I think you do. I think I I think I See know it, the name. Give me give me the rhyme of the name. Right now? Does it rhyme with? Yeah, go ahead. Does his first name rhyme with Davon? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Florida State is out. Out. I wouldn't that's be shocked and and, and that, that's I actually think that's a pretty uh mature take on what's going on there i mean anyway i think uh notre dame and michigan would play close again i think notre dame is is still a very very good team uh i think michigan is playing maybe the best uh, football in the country but florida state's a, a complete mess and it's really really striking to see just how bad that football team is and and i don't want to hear uh, two weeks ago that people quit on the team, but he didn't know who was quitting, so he's going to find out who quit. And then and then he found out who quit, and he, and he made some adjustments, and they go to NC State and get blown off the field. Um, you know, this is an NC State team that lost by double digits to Syracuse uh, that got blown out at Clemson two weeks ago. Um, so, so to come in and then to have a season-high 47 points against Florida State uh, they're just not a good football team. Nope. A lot of the, it doesn't seem like a lot of people care about what's going on. I think on the back end they do. I, I, I like how Woodby's playing. He's you know going after it. Stanford Samuels kind of going after it, but I, I, I don't know. I, this is just not a team that uh, you know is is. And if you want to blame Jimbo Fisher, go ahead. But this is now almost an entire season under Willie Taggart, an entire off season under Willie Taggart. And things look way worse. Um, luckily, luckily, their game against West Virginia got postponed or, or canceled because that would have been another blowout. So, uh, you know, I'm shocked. W- watching this team now, I'm, sh- you know, I'm sorry, that was NC State. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm shocked at, at how bad they are. I understood last year. I understood last year because Jimbo quit on the team and they quit on him and everything was a mess and he threw his Christmas tree on the front yard and that was a disaster. But, um, you know, this year is a new year under a new coach. You think you want to go out and impress your coach and it doesn't look like anybody, anybody cares. And uh, Florida doesn't look too good either, and Miami doesn't look too good, too good either. So who, who, who has the edge right now in recruiting momentum in the state of Florida amongst those three programs? That's an interesting question. Yeah, it's interesting at Florida too because it seems like, and I was talking to some people there, it seems like if, you know, I don't know if there was some sort of disagreement in the locker room or something with Felipe Franks was going on, but if Felipe Franks is the quarterback against South Carolina – I don't think the team is going to be too motivated about what's going on there. So they're going to go to Kyle Trask or, or possibly Emory Jones um, for the remainder of the season. And, you know, Felipe Franks was actually putting up decent numbers um, at Florida. But, you know, losing to Georgia is one thing. Georgia's a very good football team, as Kentucky has now found out, and Benny Snell can shut his mouth. Um, but Missouri, losing to Missouri by 21 at home, that's just really, really a bad loss um, and, and how it was handled and how Missouri just kind of dominated. And I guess attendance is way down there. So I don't know, very strange situation there. Quarterback change possibly, probably coming. Um, but South Carolina, Idaho, and Florida State might salve some of those wounds. So, uh, you know, recruiting edge, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know. Well, it's not Florida State. I put them last. 
I, and I, then I, I would between imagine. Miami and Florida, I mean, you gotta you gotta figure Miami probably still I, has the recruiting edge. I guess it would be Miami, but honestly, you know, and and I hate to rip on everybody. I'm being very negative today, and I don't like it. I'm I'm trying to be more positive in my life, but to score th- thirteen at Virginia, fourteen at Boston College, and twelve against Duke. I mean the. Old Miami teams, this these would have been forty point blowouts, three wins in a row, and now they have three losses in a row to those teams. That's just really that's that's hot garbage right there, Mike. Yeah, but old Miami teams, you're talking two thousand one. Yeah. That's old. That's really, really old. You sound like a Tennessee or Nebraska fan. (laughs) Or a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. If two thousand twelve didn't exist when they went to the actual national championship game. So if Notre Dame goes to play Alabama again in a rematch of 2012, how bad yes. does it get? It gets very bad. I, you know, Notre Dame's a nice story, um, but Alabama is just far and away better. I, maybe at every single position. Are they one of I, the greatest teams all time? I do think so, and here's why. The Alabama teams that have won national championships in the past did not have an offense that was this explosive. And for years, you said it, and I said it, and everybody said it, and Nick Saban got mad about it, but it was true. The quarterbacks there were game managers that handed off to Derrick Henry or whoever else and didn't put up big numbers, and when they had to throw, it didn't look great. And and now that offense has five or six weapons. And to, and to Nick Saban's credit, he saw the game was changing. Remember the times when Nick Saban was complaining about spread offenses and how dangerous it was for college football and so Ole Miss was running so many plays and, uh, you know, we should, you know, really think about this and our sport and the safety of our players and all that stuff. And everybody basically called BS because he was running an, an offense similar to LSU or just run it and throw it when you had to. And now Tua is maybe the best quarterback in college football, he's the Heisman. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I, I would imagine that it's going to be a clear-cut winner f- for him. Uh, and then he has receivers all over the field. He has a stable of running backs. Um, you know, Damian Harris was putting up huge numbers. Now Najee Harris comes in and is putting up big numbers. He gets hurt. Josh Jacobs, I think, is leading the running backs in touchdowns. So, so where do you go to stop this team? Because the defense is not going to give up a lot of points. And the offense is going to score a ton of points. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, um, I just don't know how you possibly can handle that onslaught of, of, of a defense that is going to be so much more, so much bigger and more physical than what your offense can have. Uh, you know, you do have big receivers on the outside, which could help a little bit. Um, but Ian Book will be running for his life, and Dexter Williams will be gaining no yards if they play Alabama, and it's going to be ugly. Well, George is going to play Alabama, and they look pretty good against Kentucky. They handled <laughs> Benny Snell. They took care of that defense. What they run for, three hundred and thirty-one yards or yeah, something like I, that. Yeah. I mean, they just went right through them. Kentucky not ready for prime time yet, but having a good season, no doubt about it. I wonder if Mark Stoops is going to jump to a different job because he knows he might get some offers this year. He's Kentucky's lucky that this isn't the coaching carousel of last year because Stoops would be one of those guys that a lot of teams would go after, and there just aren't that many jobs that are going to be open. But um, I don't know. I, I was very impressed with the way George's balance was there. But the question I keep getting asked over and over again, and and I don't really have a great answer, is Justin Fields the starter next year? I mean, 
people say that if he's not the starter next year, he's gone. But Jake Fromm has been so good. How do you bench Jake Fromm for Justin Fields? Um, you don't. Um, uh, how, how could you possibly do that, George? <laughs> there's I'm a very you, because they don't want to lose him. Oh, that's hard. That that's hard to believe. I mean, if, if he's gone, if they don't start him, he's gone. Which is also hard to believe, and and well, that's very the way these kids are. That's the way the kids, these kids are these days. What I don't understand is uh, Justin Fields comes back into the game this week, and it's Wildcat again. And I just don't get what why they are not letting him throw the ball. He's a very talented quarterback. It's it's almost like if Kelly Bryant won the job uh, at Clemson this year, which he he did, I guess, but uh, and continued to be the quarterback for an undefeated team. And uh, or a one-loss team like Georgia, and then uh, Trevor Lawrence came in and only ran Wildcat. I mean, it would just be. I mean, Justin Fields is is maybe one notch below Trevor Lawrence in terms of talent. He's not just a guy that can come in and run Wildcat. So uh, I I don't see a I don't see a situation where you can possibly do that. I just don't see how you can take a guy who led you to the national championship last year could lead you, is definitely taking you to the SEC championship this year, possibly back to the college football playoff. Um, I think an interesting scenario comes up as uh, if Georgia if Georgia wins the SEC championship game, which I don't see happening, but if it, if it does happen, do you take a one-loss Alabama team to the college football playoff? Who is Alabama guaranteed? Big 12? Yeah. Did you see Oklahoma against Texas Tech? I mean, you think that's one of the top four teams in the country? I know. I, I give Texas Tech a lot of credit because I thought they played pretty well in that football game. But uh, Oklahoma's no, the, the, defense, the defense is looks terrible. Bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Bad. Yeah, Texas's defense is equally bad. The Big Twelve overall has just a serious defensive problem, as we know. Of course, Big Twelve fans will tell you that they don't have a problem. But... Yeah, that their offenses are just so innovative that their right. defense is There's just no defense in that. Conference what's your take at all. on uh, What's your take on Tom Herman's comments after the game that uh, Will Greer? Uh, high stepping into the end zone should have been a penalty oh and should God. not have counted. I mean, that is really, that is in poor taste, right? I mean, that's it just is. bad. It's a little ridiculous. I mean, It is a little ridiculous. Will Greer is a classy kid overall. I mean, I know he had some problems at Florida, but overall he's not trying to show anybody up. He was, it was an exciting moment. I mean, you know, going for two, which was very Twice. gutsy. yeah. <laughs> very gutsy call by Olgerson. I think Holgerson was like, I, I, I don't want to play overtime. I, I want to get out of here. I've put in my four hours. Yeah. And I'm done. Because he was just what? like, we're going to win this football game, and I don't care whether it's the right move or the wrong move. We're going to try to win it. And uh, and he won it. And, so good and, for him. And what was what was crazy in that game is they had the slant. So they go, they decide to go for two. They have the slant to Sills. It works, but the but – the, but Herman called a timeout right before that. So Holgerson had to call a second play to work. He calls a quarterback keeper to the left, which is amazing because it was kind of a delayed. And what was driving me crazy in that game as I was, I was watching it is uh, West Virginia runs a delayed handoff. But it's so delayed that the play is almost over before the running back has the ball. It's like five seconds after Greer has the ball, he gives the ball to the running back, and it it worked here and there, but it, they they just kept running it over and over and over, and it was just funny. But uh, that the two point the the touchdown pass uh, to to go down one was an, an incredible throw by Greer. 
uh, and then yes. to call to call a quarterback keeper for Greer as your second two point conversion that that was that was Holgerson at his finest. Yeah, it was a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely. If you don't like defense, that was the game for you. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I just think you know the Big Twelve might get left out if if that scenario occurs, like you're talking, where Georgia beats Alabama, and you're gonna once again have Georgia and Alabama in the playoff. Yeah. Um, Pac-12 is done, as we know. You know, Clemson, if they run the table, which they should, of course, they've got tough Boston College this weekend. And Pitt in the championship if things play out the way they yeah, do now. That's that, tough that could too. be rough. Yeah. That's really rough. So I don't know. It's a really easy schedule overall. People think Boston College is a chance to win this football game. I'm I'm here to tell you the way Clemson's playing, they're gonna just destroy them. But college game yeah. day is there and that's all that matters. Um, but you know, so you got Clemson in, you got the Big Ten champ in. And then maybe two from the SEC if that happens. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Georgia has a chance to beat Alabama. Yeah. Um, even with their balance, the way they run the football, I think their running game gets stuffed. And then when Fromm has to win the game, I don't think he's the guy that can do it. So, I don't know. It'll be very interesting down this down the stretch to see, you know, how these things play out. Oklahoma did not look that impressive. Obviously, no. West Virginia – is tied for first in the Big 12. They've got defensive problems as well. They ran the ball pretty well uh, against Texas. They obviously threw the ball pretty well, but neither of these teams have a chance to play off even if they get there. So I'm telling you, I'm all in on Michigan. I think Michigan is the team. If they get in as a number four and play Alabama, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Um... I know you disagree. I do disagree. I think Alabama smokes Michigan much like they smoked Michigan State. Let's say Alabama has to play Michigan and Clemson back-to-back to win the national championship. That's tough. Yeah, that that is definitely tough. That That is a tough haul. Um, uh, you know, I think Clemson can give them a game. Clemson, uh, their front four on defense is the best in the country. When, when they have to come to play, they're going to come to play. I think that's going to be in a very interesting matchup. I think Clemson can score with on Alabama, so Alabama will, will for once have pressure on them that they've never seen. Um, I think that would be a very interesting game. I think Trevor Lawrence in a setting like that would be just fine. I don't think he would crack. Um, you know, they obviously have one of the best running backs in the country. I think I think there would be a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence in the passing game because Alabama's front four, Quinn and Williams, is a phenomenal player. Raquan Davis is awesome. Isaiah Bugs is great. I mean, they just have so much that they could bring at you over and over and over again. But I think Clemson can play with Alabama in that game. I don't think Alabama's untouchable, um, but I think Clemson is probably the only team that can compete with them. I just don't see Michigan in that situation, um, you know, holding up. I think their defense would. Alabama wins because, uh, you know, their offense can score and then their defense creates problems for the other offense gets some turnover here or there, and then starts piling it on. The other team starts, uh, you know, pressing too much, and then and then the snowball just goes downhill. So, um, you know, I think I just think that Michigan <clears throat> is not there yet. Um, you know, they have probably have one or two receivers who are decent. Donovan Peoples-Jones is very good. They're finally throwing him the ball. Tariq uh, Black is back. Tariq Black is back, I guess. Uh, Nico Collins is okay. 
Zach Gentry, the tight end, is okay, but I think Alabama's front just swallows up Karan Higdon and forces Shea Patterson to throw the ball too much. That's where a turnover happens, and that's when the snowball starts going. So uh, I, I just don't see Michigan being a threat to Alabama right now. I just don't. Let's give some props to Auburn for coming back against Texas A&M, and let's give some shame to Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Did you watch that game at all? Yeah, oh, yeah, I watched it. Oh, yeah, my God. <clears throat> <laughs> Auburn's offense coaching. came to life. Bad talking about bad coaching, though. I mean, Jimbo Fisher <clears throat> blew that game. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. The guy's making, what, $80 million freaking dollars? $75 million guaranteed. And, uh, and Gus is making a ton of money, too. They both stink. That was a horrible football game. I mean, it was it was a good comeback, but watching those two teams play was just painful. Yeah, yeah, uh, and at this time last year, the same date, November fifth, I think it's November fifth. Uh, Texas A and M was five and four, and they could not wait, couldn't wait to get rid of uh, Kevin Sumlin. They wanted to fire him so bad, and now Texas A and M is five and four. Unbelievable. And they owe Jimbo Fisher seventy-five million dollars. They do, I mean, and again, I, I understand changing the entire offense and adding tight ends and fullbacks, and yeah, you know, going to more of a pro-style offense. There's a there's definitely a progression that takes place there, and it's going to take time for Texas A&M to to fit under Jimbo's system. But having Kellen Mond, who I made a five-star, who looks horrible, honestly, yes. he looked yes. good against Clemson, right? Yes, he looked decent. Yeah, it's very good against Clemson, but since then, not so good. Gosh. I mean, he's just not developing. And it, no. just seeing the same old Jimbo yelling and screaming on the sidelines after every play is just <laughs> getting annoying to me that the guy's making $75 million. And I, I guess I'm starting to credit his national championship to Jameis Winston and maybe not as much to Jimbo Fisher. I, I had Jimbo as one of my top five coaches in college football. And certainly one of the better recruiters. But after watching that Auburn game, I mean, Auburn was dead in the water. They had no, no oh, yeah. ability. All you had to do was run the ball three times and punt, and they were no, not going anywhere. But he throws, gets intercepted, it sparks the team, and then all of a sudden Stidham, who's awful, by the way, uh, yeah. started to look like Tom Brady. Yeah, and they scored, I think they scored twice in the last five, two touchdowns in the last five minutes. Um, A&M defenders are going for picks when they should be just tackling in front of them. It was just poor, poor, poor play, poor coaching, not worth his million dollars. Let's say, let's say, how many wins can he get over a 10-year period? He's almost getting paid a million dollars a win. So, I mean, you better start winning some games. He's five he's and like, four. He's like the Sam Bradford of coaching. And it's not exactly like, uh, it's not exactly like Texas A&M is not built for this, I mean, uh, they have big outside receivers. Jay Sternberger is a very, very good tight end, so they can throw to him all the time. Travion Williams is not a big power back, but he's used in a similar fashion. Um, so in in some ways, it's not like a complete rebuild there. Um, and, and this doesn't fall on the offense. It really does fall on the defense. Yeah, it's, it's very, very bad. Um, that was an ugly game, and... How much grief did we get for not having Stidham as a five-star transfer, even though he sat in a classroom and never played a football game as a as a junior college player? But we got so much grief for that. He is so frustrating because you watch him, and he can make some of those throws, like the throw he made to Seth Williams in the corner of the end zone, which was yeah. beautiful. 
Yeah. And then other times he looks completely lost. He has no idea what he's doing. He looks he's horrible. Where he's going with the ball, yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, I, I just don't understand this kid. I mean, I guess it's the pressure. The pressure, whenever he feels pressure, he just crumbles. But when you're talking about NFL quarterbacks for next year, uh, I wouldn't take him in the, you know, maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh round, something like that. We're talking about that, and we'll be writing about it later in the week. If Justin Herbert doesn't come out, Mike, who, who do you take in the first round? The options are so slim. Who you got? Who are the options? Ryan, don't you read my emails? No. Ryan Finley from Who's NC not State. bad. Who's a good game manager type. Yeah, who's not bad. But is he a first-round draft pick? No, but someone will probably reach for a first-round quarterback. Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Is he? Is he a first-round draft pick? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins would be a great first-round draft pick if no one ever blitzed. And then you're going to Duke and Daniel Jones. That's Daniel bad. Jones at Duke. Those would be really. I mean, who else would you take in the first round? It's amazing though. You know, there's going to be one or two first-round quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. And Herbert's know. not coming out. He said. It, it doesn't look like he's going to. I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to come out. So. It, with with so many defensive linemen coming out, and, and seriously, almost half of the first round could be defensive linemen. Um, yeah. I don't know. This would yeah. be the first year since, I think, 96, 1996, that a first-round quarterback wasn't taken. But you know the Giants are going to take somebody. They have yeah, to. Yeah, they have to. Right? They yeah. They really have to. So, um, unless next year they just tank and then get Herbert in two. But... I don't know. That's 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 a long time away. Yeah, I don't know either. It's pretty ugly. It's it's as ugly as it's been at the top of the quarterback draft board. As I guess I can remember. I don't know yeah. how long it's been since there's been a draft class this bad. At least there's always been one guy, but I don't see one guy. I mean, Finley people like, but there's no way you could take him like. Second or third overall. Second or third overall when, uh, you know, Christian Wilkins and Rashawn Gary and Ed Oliver are sitting out there? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a very interesting draft. There's no doubt about it. But let's get back to college football a little bit. What happened to Florida? I don't know. I didn't watch much of that game. I think Um, Georgia beat them twice. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too, and you're probably right. I think they were so up for that game, and they didn't – weren't able to handle Georgia that Georgia just ended up beating them twice. Yeah, I think so too. Missouri has not beaten anybody in the SEC until that game. Yeah, that was and the first SEC victory. And it was probably the worst opponent that Florida could have faced after Georgia, um, because they do have weapons. I mean, they do. They actually run the ball now to to success. They can score points. Uh, Florida's forte is not exactly high scoring shootouts. Um, so not yet. Dan Mullen will get him there. I have a lot of faith in Dan Mullen. Um, but you know, Drew Locke is one of the top quarterbacks. He 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 had a great game. Three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Demario Crockett ran for more than 100, 115 yards almost. So uh, you're right. I think Georgia beat him twice. Missouri had weapons that Florida didn't want to deal with or couldn't deal with. Felipe Franks gets benched. Um, they just have to make sure this doesn't snowball because South Carolina is not a very good football team, but. Uh, they could beat Florida. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, the state of Florida, Florida State, Florida, Miami, 
all very disappointing, and then Charlie Strong goes and goes and loses too. So uh, everything oh, is US, bad down there. Yeah, USF's bad. UCF, UCF almost. <laughs> yeah, give me a break on UCF. Can we please, please stop talking about them? If you give up that many points to Temple, if Temple can come into your stadium and almost win a game, please stop talking about wanting to play Michigan or Alabama or Clemson. You would be embarrassed. You beat Auburn in a bowl game once. It was a average Auburn team at best, as we've seen. Uh, stop acting like you're you should be in the top ten nationally because you're not. And their schedules, murderers row. They got Navy, yo, Cincinnati, and at USF. Uh, that so, is uh, not a ranked the, team left on the schedule, but yet people want them in the playoff. I I, I want them in the playoff so they get so annihilated that they, that that. That talk stops forever. Well, it'd be um, nice if the playoff were eight teams. Then you could throw them in there and they get destroyed. Yeah, I, I, eight teams means one more week of football. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. So. Oh, but um, the, the, the student athletes need to study. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, the coaching staff. So that that's what they're most concerned about. I'm sure. So how about Herm Edwards making us look stupid? I don't. I wouldn't say stupid, but I don't know. I didn't did not expect them to be playing for a bowl game. Yeah. Did you? No. And and I, mean, I thought I, it was I the was worst su- hire ever. And they're five and four. They're one victory away from a bowl game. Yeah, I was surprised that they beat Utah the way they did. Um, I thought Utah was actually a decent football team. I was proven wrong again. They beat USC the week before that at USC. And they have the best uh, wide receiver in the country. Which and they and they have the best wide receiver in the country and, and one in, of the best Eno, running backs. Too. Uh, yeah, Eno Benjamin is very very good. He's Our awesome. boy, the Wizard Merlin Robertson, is the man. The Wizard is one of the best freshmen in the country. He was on the Feral Freshman Fifteen midseason yeah. uh, freshman list. The yeah. Wizard. Manny Wilkins is very good. So let's see year two of Herm. Uh, when Manny Wilkins is gone, when Nikhil Harry is gone. We'll see how this progresses because year one he stepped into a pretty nice situation with who he has. Uh, let's see him recruit. They're recruiting well. Uh, I think Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach there, has tremendous connections into Southern California. They're getting a lot of guys from the city, which is very good. Um, I think they'll they'll be okay. But uh, I think you know Herm is Herm has definitely proven some people wrong. Uh, but let's give this a little bit of time before we get too excited. And I guess that's it. This is the earliest the SEC has had two playoff, I mean, not playoff, SEC title game spots clinched. So the SEC is done. I think the ACC is kind of interesting to me when you look at the standings there because it's going to be Clemson, obviously, but can Pitt really hold on? I mean, that Virginia's, coastal is, is such a shame. It's so bad. I mean, Pitt's 4 and 1. Five and four overall, they're horrible. Virginia had a chance to just take control of this, and yeah, they, they lost it. to Pitt, and they looked awful. They're six and three. I mean, Miami is down at the bottom. Yeah, right, right ahead of North, North Carolina. Carolina. Five and four overall. Georgia Tech is typical Georgia Tech. Five hundred in conference, barely over five hundred out of conference. Duke is six and three which is the best overall record, including, you know, tied with Virginia, and, and they're yeah. way off at 2-3. and three. I mean, Clemson's going to get a bye pretty much into the playoff with whoever they play. 
I think the, that, the toughest game for Clemson is Boston College. Then they got Duke and South Carolina. South Carolina's defense looked horrendous. Yes, they looked as bad Miss. as Ole Miss's defense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're going to put up 100 points against South Carolina, and they're going to destroy Duke as well. So, the so BC let's ask game this question. It'll be interesting. About Clemson. Do we, do we know anything about Clemson? And here's why I asked that question. I think we do. Two-point win against Texas A&M. Four-point win against Syracuse. The two teams that are legit. They beat NC State really bad. They beat Florida State really bad. NC State's supposed to be legit. Okay. So one good win all season. And they have they play nobody. Yeah, but now, you see how talented that football team is. I know that's the thing that I, that's why I was at, uh, that's why I was asking. That team is incredibly talented, but they play nobody all season long. I mean, think about think about Michigan's schedule. Think about even you know think about Alabama's schedule, Notre Dame's schedule. And then, which I think is actually a little light. I mean, everybody goes off about how tough Notre Dame's schedule is. I'm not so sure. But I, I Michigan and tough. Alabama. Michigan I really and Alabama. Think it's tough. I, I'm going to argue with you there. And I know a lot of people say, well, Florida State's down and, you know, yada, yada, yada. When they make these schedules, right. they're years in advance. So when you look at Notre Dame playing Michigan, Stanford, Virginia Tech, Florida State, USC, Florida North- State, and USC. Come on, Northwestern. Northwestern. Northwestern's always okay. They're yeah. always okay. But they have five tough games. I don't know. I, I think it's a tough schedule on paper. And when you look at the rankings, Michigan was 14th when they beat them. Stanford was number seven in the country when they beat them. Virginia Tech was number 24 in the country when they beat them. They're going to have to play Syracuse as a ranked team. I think they're 13 now or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of ranked teams there. I think no, no conference championships. So, I so know, let's look but at that's Michigan. That's what makes the schedule so difficult is because they play everybody. No, Notre Dame, Nebraska, which is always a tough game, at least at Nebraska. Northwestern, if we're counting them tough. Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and then a championship, which is usually again against Wisconsin. I mean, that is for Clemson to go through that schedule. For Notre Dame, which I don't think is as tough as Michigan or Alabama has to face, that's that. Uh, I, I'm not so sure. I, I love Clemson. I think they're you know the second best team in the country. I think that they would give Alabama. I think they're the only team in the country that could give Alabama a serious game, but they do cruise a little bit through that schedule, man. That's not that's, their fault though. Mm, I mean, the no, ACC is so bad. No, it is. It is. Bad. Oh my God, it is. Bad. I watched that Pitt Virginia game on Friday night. I mean. If you're going to give me the, a level of loser of how bad of a loser I am, I'm, I'm watching Pitt, Virginia on Friday night. And, uh, it's the only God, game on. Those, teams, those teams are so, so bad. They're, They're horrible. Just, oh, my God. It's, it's like watching Texas A&M and Auburn. It's just two yeah. bad football teams. And that's the thing about the SEC. It's hilarious. You know, like I think both Texas A&M and Auburn were ranked this year. I know Auburn was. Oh, yeah. And they're both horrible football teams. Yeah, they're just not very good. I don't know. Whatever. All right, let's let's finish this because people are getting tired of listening to us. I wish we had some recruiting news to drop. We did drop a little bit of recruiting news earlier, but uh, we got a lot of guys uncommitted heading into the early signing period, so it should be very interesting. 
Yeah, I think like seven of the top ten are still uncommitted. Isn't that isn't that right? Where's your boy Chris Steele going to end up? I think he's going to probably go to Florida. I agree. Uh, that would be my guess. I think USC is not out of it. Um, just staying home, and that could that could that could be interesting. But I think he, you know, he's always been interested in playing at the highest level, playing in the SEC is at the highest level. Quincy Wilson was his favorite player the last few years. I think he models his game after Quincy Wilson. So I think that uh, that is where he ends up. Let's let's go, let's go through the top ten very quickly. Come on. Oh, hold on. Let me pull it up. Jaden Hazelwood. Miami, I guess. I don't. I wouldn't. Still wouldn't count out you going, think he's back, going to back to Georgia. I don't know. He seems I, to be worried about their development of players. At, at what about Miami's development of players? They've scored 12, 13, and fourteen. They got a lot of NFL years. players, though. More so yeah, than Georgia do. at the wide receiver position. So that's true. Darnell uh, Wright's d- going to Alabama. Alabama. Kayvon Thibodeau. I hmm. think he's going to Oregon. I think Oregon would definitely be. Of the realistic shot right now. If if what was being said earlier, if we were talking about Kayvon Thibodeau in Florida State, then I would say Oregon would be the school for him. He loved his visit there. He absolutely loved his visit there. Jalen Jelks was honestly not a very good high school football player when I saw him. Uh, I And he's turned into a very, very good player there. They've had DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, and other defensive ends. I think they could really develop Kayvon Thibodeau there. Trey Sanders, Alabama? Florida. I don't know. I don't buy it. I'm going to stick with them. That's okay. Yeah. Who cares? Blood is thicker than water. Brew McCoy. Where's Brew going? USC. I think he's going to go to USC. He was the former teammate of JT Daniels and Amon Ross St. Brown. His quarterback now, Bryce Young, is committed to USC. I think he goes to USC. Although Texas does is making it interesting. Sopcher, this is the toughest one. LSU. Yeah, I think he goes to LSU. I think he stays too. home. I think he goes to LSU, too. Uh, Quavaris Crouch, I think Clemson. Yep, I agree. And then Nolan Smith sticks with Georgia. Nope, I'm going to Alabama. Wow, that's that. That would be that would be. There's huge. recruiting and, scoop for you right there. And Nolan Smith is the man. I saw IMG play earlier this year. He is very good. Very. I think he's going to flip. I think he's going to flip to Alabama in the end. That would be huge. Let's go, Cardell Thomas, LSU. He's going to beat Alabama four years in a row. He said. Yeah, Pickens probably stick with Auburn, although he's looking around. Yeah, Kenyon Green sticks with A&M. Chris Steele. Chris Steele's going to Florida. Florida, Devin Ford goes to Penn, Penn State. State. Wanya Morris. Morris. Can he flip Owen Popo? I don't know. Can Auburn flip him? Can Auburn flip him? Very good question. He's now, all around. these questions. This is why it's so fun. Zach Harrison. Michigan. 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 Chris Hinton sticks with Michigan? Yeah, I think so. Trey Palmer, the next star wide receiver at LSU, LSU that they can't throw the ball to. Zach Pickens is going to stay at South Carolina. Rattler's going to stay at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Keenan will stay at Florida State. Clay Not Wall. Alabama. A lot of talk out there. He could flip. I don't know. I haven't heard Cl- as many flip comments about him as I have from Nolan Smith. Clay Webb. This is an interesting one. Alabama. you got to still, even though he visited Clemson and Clemson's hard to turn down. I, I still think Alabama. Daxon Hill stays with Michigan. Yep. Bridges stays with Oklahoma. Popo. Yep. Popo is interesting. Mm, I think wherever Wanya ends up, he'll end up. He'll end up. Bo Nix at Auburn. Eric Young, A&M. Evan Neal. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's Miami? probably going to go. I think he's probably going to go to Miami. 
And that's the last of the five stars right there. So got a lot of five stars on this side here right now. Let's do all the four stars. Come on. Oh, God. No, we're not going into that. Forget about it. That's ridiculous. All right. I think we're done. Dave Barry, where are you? I'm right here. I'm still Stop listening. him before he gets ridiculous. Yeah. Let me let me give out our Twitter handle so Gorney can't talk anymore. Uh, you can find Mike on Twitter at Rivals Mike. Gorney is at, uh, what are you, Gorney? At Adam Gorney. Jeez. <laughs> I do this every week. And I am at Real Dave Barry. We will see everybody again next week.